0: How's it going, hockey fans? This is episode 66 of the Clapper Cast. I'm Burke, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Sean. Sean, what's going on today?
1: You know, it was a pretty slow week. I think uh, I think most of the teams and most of the players were doing what we were all doing, working off the turkey hangovers. But uh, we got we got a little <laughs> bit of action that happened around the league this week. So we'll uh, we'll cut back in with some more free agent signings. Um, we're going to jump back down to Matt Nieto, who uh, signed back with San Jose. So that's where he started his career. Wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. You mean? Long Beach native,
1: Matt Nieto? The one and only. The one and only Long Beach native, Matt Nieto. You have to
0: clarify. Otherwise, you could be talking about another guy.
1: Right. I mean, it's it's only, it's only, the only way to respect someone by saying their full name. You know, you go mm-hmm. Matt Nieto, it's like saying just calling someone by their last name. You got to go Long Beach native, like his first name, Matt Nieto, like his last name, right? Absolutely. So <laughs> Long Beach native, Matt Nieto, he's back with San Jose Sharks. Signed a one-year $700,000 deal probably just good for some uh, some depth scoring he's actually a really consistent third line fourth line player um he gets like 20 points 20 points a year just guaranteed out of him so that's pretty good for them i think
0: yeah um kind of sucks to go from colorado back to the sharks but maybe
1: they're a <laughs> bunch this, of nice at guys at this point the teams yeah <laughs> <laughs> go from one of the hey, best maybe he's gonna maybe he'll do teams. well getting carlson and burns feeding him but i guess he had mccarr in colorado anyways <laughs> yeah true We've got uh, Patrick Marlowe also re-signed in San Jose. So the big, the notable thing about this signing is that I believe he's 44 games away from setting the all-time games played record, from passing Gordy Howe in that. So, assuming they play a full season, assuming he stays relatively healthy, um, that record will be his within the next season. Pretty
0: legit. Pretty legit. So
1: that'll be yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool to see one of these all-time records that. You just you don't think of as ever being something that could be broken, given how long Gordy Howe's career was. But mm-hmm. we're gonna we could potentially see this one broken like within the next eight months here.
0: Yeah, that's that's remarkable. It's having been in that league, the league for so long, and having been around and played pretty much every game is just remarkable. Um, so I hope that uh, he ends up getting a full season in. I mean, no matter they wanted they want to play a full season this season, but uh, hopefully. For that record's sake, we'll uh, we'll get one. But uh, I mean, Ovechkin kind of got robbed of a full season again. So who knows what'll happen? But hopefully, Marlow can can pass that because that would be remarkable if he
1: could do that. Yeah, and you mentioned that it's pretty amazing how over his career he's played pretty much every single game, and that is not an exaggeration. He he's never missed more than like six or eight games in a season. Like he's always yeah, he's playing seventy four. Yeah like even yeah last year he's even there all like let's see here one i'm just counting back one two three four five he had like 10 straight seasons of all 82 games or all games played which is just incredible in uh in the current nhl yeah a so course. massive props to him for sticking around for that long and i i really hope we get to see uh we get to see the 44 45 games played this season from him
0: yeah me too um I guess to kind of jump off that, uh that's one vet coming back to San Jose, but there's one that won't be coming back, and that's Jumbo.
1: Yeah, so that that was honestly that was the big news of the week when <laughs> was Joe Thornton signing a one year deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, same thing as Manieto, yeah, actually one year seven hundred thousand dollar seven hundred thousand dollar contract with uh, Toronto. So after after be him and Marlowe kinda well, I guess him especially being in San Jose for so long. Now we're going to get to see him follow in Patrick Marlowe's footsteps and test it out in Toronto for a bit.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes, because he jo, Jumbo was quoted as saying, you know, I really I need to have a, a Stanley Cup, and this is a team that gives me a good shot at that. Um, of course, I'm paraphrasing, um, but I don't know if Toronto's the team to, to go to for that. But
1: right now, I mean, is, is Joe Thornton the the NHL's most, like, iconic, doesn't-have-a-cup-win player, the player to put the Toronto Maple Leafs over the top. I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just cheap depth, really. It and ultimately, I mean, um, he's going to be an awesome presence around the locker room. He's, like, he's spent a ton of years in the league. He's been an excellent superstar player, like, one of the best playmakers the game has ever seen. So he's going to be a great presence to have around. And He has know, been past the first round. Yeah, and he has so been past the that's... first round, which is important. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, it also might give him a chance to finally score four goals in one game. You know, if he gets a shot with, let's say, like Marner or some, one of the one of the better players there. So,
0: yeah, we could see that. That would be awesome.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I want more: Joe Thornton to win a cup or Joe Thornton to score four goals in one game.
0: <laughs> in in game seven of a Cup Finals, he'll score oh, four, you, and then we'll you've see made both. it even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to mention about this signing is that apparently Jason Spezza offered Jumbo his number, 19, and Jumbo refused, so he'll wear, what I believe it's what, 97? 97. 97 the first yeah. Maple so f- Leaf to ever wear that number. Yeah, he's um, trying
1: to channel his inner Connor McDavid energy.
0: <laughs> I guess so. I think, th- is that the number that he wears in, like, that he wore for Team Canada, 97? I think it might have been. Um, I can't remember. But, uh... You know, it was a classy move by Spezza to offer that up, and, you know, another classy move by Jumbo to just say, no, you know what? You've been on the team longer than me, and yeah. I appreciate it, but, you know, I'm the new guy here, so I'll. That's, that's I'll take the, the, the funny new thing, number. too. It's
1: like normally the whole offer your number up to the vets is like, uh, oh, it's like a rookie year guy like a second or third year offering it to a 10 year pro, but you've got Jason Spezza, who's been in the league almost as long as Joe Thornton, offering up his number. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I just I just looked it up here. Uh, yeah, Jumbo has worn ninety seven for Team Canada before. So yeah, um,
1: it's his draft year, so he's probably got that. That he's fine with that number too.
0: Yeah, plus nineteen is just such a when he was playing for Team Canada, there were so many legends that were wearing nineteen. So you know, you <laughs> had Sakic and that. Iserman, and uh-huh. <laughs> so it makes sense that he would have to have picked something else. Um, so yeah, I mean that's going to be interesting to see him on a, yeah another team. Um, see if the if that's what can push the Leafs out of the first round, um, maybe maybe this is this is could, this is lining up to be a really good timeline with Jumbo Joe scoring against Boston on the Leafs. Oh, just you are end of his career. You are so right. You know, he could just be that the, dagger.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say he could be that dagger that finally ends the Bruins curse over Toronto back in the division bitch (laughs) what's going on (laughs) um sticking on the topic of the Toronto Maple Leafs and things that might push them over the top they've got a new backup goalie this year as well in Aaron Dell um signed him away from the San Jose Sharks who are going with the 2A2B pairing in the Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik so Aaron Dell actually has a decent track record with San Jose he was kind of one of their better option he was their better option in net for the last couple seasons and Toronto I mean they've had a Backup goalie carousel the last couple of years cycling through like, Hutchinson and Cascasuo and Jay Campbell. So hopefully he'll be able to provide some some stability in that position. And probably the key would be a reliable option other than Freddie Anderson to help take some of the pressure off of off of Anderson throughout the year. Is Jack Campbell still signed for this year? I thought he was. Let's find out. There's honestly there's no way uh, there's no way that he takes the spot over aaron dell at this point i don't think yeah he is he signed for another two years so i guess they actually have a battle for the backup goalie spot
0: Hmm. yeah dell's on a one-year 800k deal and campbell's got a couple more years at uh 1.65 so we'll see who gets that i
1: see i see dell is the better option i mean he's put up great numbers in a couple of seasons with San Jose while they were still doing really well and he's played 20, 29, 25, 33 games over the last handful of years here so I think it's probably his his spot to lose
0: yeah I'm not sure I mean Campbell only played a few games with the Leafs but I think he was overall pretty good with them but we'll see after camp what happens and then um, you know what happens during the season having a, a surplus of Serviceable goalies is not a bad no, thing to have. Especially,
1: so. uh, especially we've talked about the possible importance of being able to rotate through a lot of goalies with a, a really condensed and jam packed schedule. So, you know, having another serviceable NHL goalie mm-hmm. is probably not a bad option. Like you said, um, to help teams cope with potentially having like four games and five nights.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess we're on the the uh, Toronto train here, so let's talk about another. Former leaf in Cody CC. uh he signed a let me see here 1.25 one year deal, one point two five with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So Pittsburgh got rid of a bad D man and has brought a couple Rutherford back just in. Just has this so, real
1: ability to just um, bring in defenders who aren't actually great at defending. He's got some weird pension for them.
0: Yeah, I, I was taking a look on like some forums, and Penguins fans were not happy. Um, some of them were trying to do the classic, you know, C's misutilize, underutilize, or mis- misused, misuse or whatever. The same thing that uh, Leafs fans were saying when he uh, came to Toronto from Ottawa. And there's just a lot of people from the Leafs and from Ottawa saying, you know what, this guy's not yeah. that good. So, um, you're getting what you get here. You got rid of uh, Schultz and um, Jack Johnson, but you've got Matheson and Cody like, C can't wait for those two to be so, appearing. I mean, they've got Sergei Gonchar as a D coach, but... Gonchar more of I an offensive know. defenseman anyways. I mean, he's worked his magic before. <laughs> yeah. He's worked his magic before on people. I mean, Schultz had a couple good years there. kind of revitalized his career a bit um, but has really struggled defensively since so i don't like this move if i'm a penguins fan which i very much am not um as a (laughs) non-penguins fan i like it um i think it's gonna be interesting i think i don't know i mean we were talking about this in in goalies a while back about how some guys just keep getting opportunities and is cody cc kind of the same thing because he's got a right handed shot like is it just
1: make a good point that could very well be something that keeps him relevant that if say he were a left shot he might get pushed down you know the the free agent boards or whatever the teams have to evaluate the players but because he's got a right shot that might kind of give him an advantage over a similarly skilled left-hand defenseman
0: and the fact that his draft pedigree is like first round 15th overall so some people might value that but i mean even with the eye test, I mean, he doesn't look great. So, interesting for a team like Pittsburgh. Um, I really I can't get a sense of which direction they're moving in. Like, did they get better? I, I definitely
1: don't think so. I mean, they lost Matt Murray. They lost Patrick Hornquist. They are bringing in Matheson and Cody Cece. I mean, yeah, that's, that's probably about an equal swap on the defensemen, but... Um... I mean the team's getting older and not and they're not bringing in anything significant enough to mitigate that
0: yeah i mean they haven't really brought anyone substantial back in um i mean like one of the most prominent people is like mark jankowski <laughs> so well, i mean no knock to him he's, he's a good player but like i just don't see no, them i think it's kind of one
1: of those things where right. it's like the very tail end of their cup window of their success window and they don't have the assets anymore to com- to continue to build that same level of competitiveness year after year. And they're slowly just starting to have to downgrade everything because that's just what's happening. It's the, I mean, in business terms, the assets depreciating. Yeah.
0: Um, one deal that we didn't talk about, um, just kind of reminded of, was that the Oilers, uh, similar like to, to, to Dell um, with Toronto, is that they, fi- they uh, signed Anton yeah. Forsberg. To a one-year cheap 700k deal so um we were speaking about the leafs just a second ago there about how they brought in dell but you know maybe forsberg will be the same thing where he might bump smith on that backup spot i mean forsberg hasn't played a significant amount of games but he was playing in chicago when chicago was pretty bad so i mean
1: yeah that that (laughs) his, his one year in the nhl was basically like you said that year with chicago 908 save percentage, 297 goals against average in 35 games. So, eh, nothing great, but I mean, Chicago wasn't great that year either, probably. And, yeah, it's. Yeah, so to be eh, above
0: 900.
1: He's not doing too bad. But the Oilers also didn't yeah. have a whole lot of options <laughs> for the AHL goalie. So I think uh, that was also a necessary just to fill out the AHL team.
0: Yeah, and much for the same reason that you were talking about with the compressed schedule, you know, if one of those guys goes down, you need to have somebody who's. At least shown that they can play yep. in the NHL yep. before.
1: Um, so um, move along here, I guess. Um, what's oh, next? Got one on of the list biggest here, re-signings of the week here: uh, the Montreal Canadiens are keeping Brendan Gallagher around for six more years. He signed a 39 million dollar contract, 6.5 million average annual annual value. So basically, the the timeline for this signing was that one day, um, all the the main hockey pundits, media people started saying that talks had broken down between the Habs and Gallagher's party. And then the next day, he goes and signs this massive long-term deal. So, you know, some something got leaked or, or misconstrued in the delivery process, and ultimately, Gallagher staying in Montreal. Uh, $6.5 for Brendan Gallagher is probably a fairly reasonable price. Um, it's very comparable to, like, say, Chris Kreider or Matt Zuccarello's contracts. And... You know, he's, he's historically like a 40, 50-point guy, but he's also a major part of Montreal's top line with uh, Tatar and Deneau. So he plays a much bigger role than just on the score sheet. He's huge for their two-way play. He's huge for the locker room. He's He's been there for a long time, so it's a good signing for them.
0: Yeah, and he was on pace to, to set some um, career highs this season too. Um, he was playing really well uh, during the regular season. Um, missed some time in the playoffs and it was, it was very noticeable when he was out um, I mean just just at face value it seems a little high for me because um, he got like basically like a 200% raise on this from his last contract um, but I mean what you're saying he's just a very important part to that team we even saw when Bergevin was asked about him after uh, maybe this was before the signing was announced uh, someone was asking about him and just how important he was and Bergevin was starting to get like emotional he was starting to tear up a bit and just saying he's a special player and a special person. And you, you just know that like, that's the, a, a general manager doesn't say that yeah. just about any player, right? I, like, I can't just say get I've, emotional, ever, like, I've
1: ever seen or heard you know, of that happening.
0: Yeah. Unless it's Crosby or something, right? Like unless it's a superstar player and it's someone that you've drafted and been with forever yeah. and won championships with, but you know, um, i probably i think this was after this signing was announced um but it, yeah it was a weird timeline that you were talking about there about how it came out he was unhappy and i don't know what was going on there so maybe that fed into the emotion for bergeman a bit yeah um well the, the prospect of losing yeah that would be a ama- that would be a massive guys. loss and
1: not one you can easily easily fill with a random other patchwork signing but uh Looking over to a different team that's uh, bringing in just a lot of random patchwork play- roster players. Here we've got the Ottawa Senators <laughs> who are uh, bringing in Evgeny Dadonov on a three-year, fifteen million dollar contract, so five million per season. Um, so here's a guy. I I initially was like, that seems like a lot for him. Before I realized that he actually scores sixty to seventy points in his couple of maiden seasons. Didn't realize he had that many points. So five million for a guy that can do that's not too bad. Um, he's coming over from Florida. He's going to be looked at as a major piece of the offense of, Auto, of the Ottawa Senators. Going to get a lot of ice time, probably a lot of power play time, and a real good shot at um, putting up another 70, 80-point season here.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely a bit of a premium on this contract for we could suck really bad, so here's a bit of extra money so you don't get too fed up with it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 65, 70-point seasons. It's um, a good player. Um, instantly bolsters yeah. their top line. I didn't
1: realize he was 31. Um, he spent a lot of time in Russia. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, he's only been over yeah. here for yeah, like he, a couple of seasons. He had think, a, right? a couple of, like, tastes of the um, NHL,
1: like, in, like, 2011, 2012 or something. And then he went back to Russia until, like, three years ago. And then finally came over here full-time. Or over to North America full-time, I'll say.
0: Uh, so, yeah, now... Ottawa Senators have quite a few Russians on their
1: roster because they've got
0: Dadnov, Anisimov, Zaitsev, Abramov, Zub. So they've got a few. They've got. Uh, I think they're they're kind of like the Ottawa Red Army right now. They're they're acquiring all the Russians in the league, and they're going to take over. Canada starts with hockey.
1: that's uh, it's, it's so much of the historical relationship between Canada and USSR slash Russia is the the battle in hockey so that's how that's how it's going to happen Hmm. yeah so
0: um we can kind of predict who they're going to sign next by what russians are available um we'll have to take a look at the uh at the list <laughs> of available free agents and see okay who's from russia and <laughs> who's going to sign on on the
1: senators um moving on to the next Oh yeah, but yeah, I think it's a good a good addition for yeah, the, for sure. The Senators for sure. Uh, moving on to the next re-signing here, Anthony D'Angelo re-signed with the Rangers. He got two years, four point eight million per season. <laughs> the meme <laughs> that's lord. A, that's a contract. <laughs> yeah. Um. Again,
0: it's kind of a. I mean, he does put up I mean, offense gonna for them. He's going to need every
1: last penny of that contract to replace all of his equipment he lost when he got dangled by Aho in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> I say from the comfort
0: of my home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good for him. I mean, he, he kind of got, he got that, um, like that one year deal at the end of last season, you know, pretty, pretty low AAV. So, um, good for him to, you know, show that he's, he's more valuable than that. And, to he's a, you know, a solid offensive piece of, uh, the blue line on that team. And they've got a lot of, uh, promising players,
1: Issue, the issue, the Rangers. issue with that, uh, like especially yeah. with Lafreniere I mean, coming, that's there, that's so. like going to be a high power team. They're going to be, they're going to go like full 1980s, like all offense, no defense. Because I mean, looking at their looking at their blue line, like yeah, who do, who it, do they have that is be even right defensive, on like a defensive defenseman, like someone who's recognized for that type of game, right? Closest mm. would probably be Truba,
0: Jack Johnson. <laughs> 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 I mean, Adam Fox is probably like their most offensive guy, I guess. Ryan Lindegren. But I mean they're not I wouldn't say that either of them are like amazing but serviceable. Brendan Smith, nope. Uh he was scratched and playing forward sometimes. Jack Johnson? Nope. nope. Tony D'Angelo? No. And Truba is serviceable. Yeah. So yeah, it could be could be rough, but you know some you know of those what? guys are all are only there for one more season and then after that they might be getting some, some other better guys on the D line.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting team to watch. Those Rangers looking at that roster. Like with Panarin Kreider, Zibanejad, Bukievich, Kako, Lafreniere, and like the offense from the blue line with like D'Angelo uh powering that, like they're gonna be fun to watch at least. Might give up ten goals a game, but they're gonna be fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Man, just looking at the Rangers buyout, uh, they're spending so much money on buyouts. Dan Girardi, Ryan Spooner, Kevin Shattenkirk, Henrik Lundqvist, all next season.
1: Yeah, I think I mentioned that, that they've got $13 million in dead cap space with all the buyouts.
0: That's insane. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Just, I mean, they, they have a lot of promising young players right now, but I mean, just the amount of people on the buyout list there shows that they've kind of mismanaged some of their assets.
1: We see, it's it's that old... uh, They weren't able... You remember, like, early 2000s Rangers' strategy was just, like, sign all of the high-profile free agents? Like, that's sort of... And then trade them to Tampa Bay? (laughs) Yeah. They sort of kept trying to do that, except the high-profile free agents they got over the last, you know, 8 to 10 years were not the same quality as they were the 10 years prior to that. And they end up just being overpayments and having to buy them out because they're not they're not the quality that they needed
0: yeah I, mean, I think like the one that kind of is different in there is henrik Lundqvist. of course yeah lundquist
1: was not a, he's not in that uh, category at all
0: it's just a shame that they weren't able to trade him either a year ago or something and avoid that five and a half nil buyout this season um definitely hurts and it's gonna hurt when hank starts in madison square garden for the capitals and wins again <laughs> i I calling it. I want that to happen so bad, and you know that Lundqvist wants to start that game, too. Oh, yeah. like Yeah, he'll want to. He's such a competitor. <laughs> That'll be awesome. I hope that they win, and he doesn't let any goals in, but it's going to be hard to stop Panarin and Zibanejad and Lafreniere and all those those weapons. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that game uh, during the season. If that is what's going to be happening, I don't know if teams are going to be playing in their own arenas or what, but that first game against the Rangers is gonna be one that everybody should should watch, I think.
1: Yeah. So that kinda that kinda covers most of the bigger free agent signings. Um and we still have like just a just a handful of of people who are still unsigned. Um the list includes Mikhail Granlin, Mike Hoffman, Andy Green, Sammy Vatanen, um, Dmitry Kulikov Michael Furleek, and guy like Travis Hamonick. Uh Michael Gravner's on there as well. And yeah, Connor Sherry and Eric Halla. So they're still there's still some key players that uh, can move around throughout the rest of the off season, so we'll have to wait and see where some of these guys go.
0: Yeah, and uh, one one more signing that I kind of wanted to mention just real briefly here is that uh, Nolan Patrick signed a one year, uh, sub one million dollar contract with the Philadelphia Flyers. So that's a good sign that uh, you know he might be ready to play hockey at some point in the future. Of course, um, is kind of unknown. What was going on there um i mean this might be a kind of give you a little bit extra before you're done or something deal i don't know but um i'm really hopeful that he can he can play again because it's been pretty sad
1: yeah you kind of like you kind of hope that um because he was dealing with major my mig- yeah yeah it was uh some sort of migraine Issue. Yeah, it sounds like he so was back he practicing with the team in February. Resolving, but never, I don't see anything that said he joined them back in the bubble situation. So I'm not sure if that was just because he wasn't like it was better just to give him the more time off to recover, or if he wasn't able to.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. It's been a few months with yeah no updates. So that that signing was
1: was yeah, good to very. see. Um, so something else that popped up this week, too, in potential offseason moves is Patrick Laine's name, where uh, his his camp, his agent, the player, they say that a trade would be mutually beneficial. So they're kind of professionally and formally hinting that uh, Laine wants out, that um, it would be best for him and probably the Jets, that if... That, that, uh, to it would be best for him and the Jets to trade Laine. So that's going to be... I'm very interested to see what the potential return could be because line is a decent player, but he hasn't shown the ability to be much more than just a goal scorer. He had a decent offensive year where he finally put up more assists than goals and seemed more uh, more able to do playmaker, more well-rounded offensively, but not his full game that he's still not trusted to really be on the first offensive line for the Jets even.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I'm curious as to what the Jets would want in return because— they're losing a top six forward i don't think they really have anybody else that could slot in to that spot so they might be asking for a top six forward in return but i mean we've we've talked at length about their defensive woes so maybe they'd want to you know a a top end defender but i mean it's really going to be a team that wants to give up a top end defenseman right now especially for a guy that is kind of one-dimensional i don't know um I think line is going to get better and he's going to score a lot of more goals in the league. So it's going to be tough to sell kind of low on him. Um, but if he wants out,
1: yeah, it's it, Get out, <laughs>
0: get something for him before he's exactly doesn't and, sign there again.
1: You know, like you said, probably they're going to need a defender because they really need some help in the top six defenders. But, uh, it's also hard to trade him entirely for a defender when they're losing his 30 plus goals. And like you said, they don't have a whole lot to uh, to replace that, and that's a big loss to your offense when you lose that power play weapon. You lose that shot. You lose his uh, his abilities to you know create the play like that. So, it, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what the what the eventual return player like him is. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's lots of teams with lots of cap space. Maybe they'll just ship him to Detroit. <laughs> just all right. You want to go to a different team and play more minutes? Here you go. Go to Detroit. I don't know. I mean, maybe Buffalo.
1: <laughs> I, I, and
0: then maybe you get like Rasmus uh, Ristolainen back.
1: That's the thing. I, I, Ristolainen does not have a very good track record with uh, with fans and analysts. That he isn't actually per, like yeah. a great defender. It doesn't seem. To be I that just good. know that he wants but out. Just on that note, though, Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, Patrick Laine is your top line if he goes to buffalo (laughs) exactly right what a what a line (laughs) i mean if i'm
0: buffalo i'm making that call saying hey oh of course we're not in the same conference play each other twice a year let's make it happen that's a move that would convince taylor hall like hey let's make this a longer term thing We start to get fans back on board
1: hey and you know what like it even works from Buffalo's perspective because, like Ralph Kruger, has been great with young players. He's attracting talent on his own in Taylor Hall to come to Buffalo, so to move a guy like Linea, is a younger player who's kind of maybe needs a little bit of like adjusting or just help is help adjusting to the you know NHL game. Got a guy like Ralph Kruger to help uh, help guide that, and maybe turns into an amazing two dimensional player.
0: If, if Buffalo adds Linea, so they've got eichel hall line, eight, top line then they've got skinner reinhardt Olafson second line um they also added <laughs> eric stall holy crap they've got cody eakin uh who can be their fourth line center um i don't know i think that kind of makes sense for them on the forward end but i don't know what they'd have to give up for him um if winnipeg has no interest in he's Line and obviously they're not going to move I feel Darlene. like that would
1: probably be who they're going to who who would be like a centerpiece of that trade because I feel like Buffalo's probably got enough random other defenders and prospects to fill the hole that Ristolainen would make in the roster and it would also help the cap space thing because Ristolainen's 5.4 is kind of only a million less than Line's deal right now so it'd probably work for them
0: okay Buffalo if you're listening make this trade happen <laughs> Jack that. sign Eichel Sammy Vatman <laughs> Then sign Sammy Vattenen for a pretty cheap deal after after this. Bring him back into your defense, and then you're set. Get rid of the guy who was vocal about wanting to leave. Say, we're doing a reset. Get out of here. We want players who want to play here, want to win. Trust the system. You know, trust Jack Eichel's system. <laughs> Listen to Coach Jack Eichel. <laughs> sign team-friendly deals with Jack Eichel. <laughs> That's how we're gonna be. Uh,
1: I Win mean, the, the Buffalo Bills are Eichel. one of the best
0: teams right now in the NFL. If the Bills can turn it around, so can the Sabers. Just gotta bring in that talent, and they went for Hall. They've still got space. They've got like what 13 yeah. million in space or something. So probably
1: they've got a cheap roster. Make it happen. One one last noteworthy thing from this week is that uh, earlier today, earlier uh, on Monday here, the legendary broadcaster doc emrick announced that he will be retiring from uh from broadcasting so we're gonna miss uh we're gonna miss his calls i'm gonna miss his calls actually hit the post with the shot
0: (laughs) gonna miss miss, he's creative
1: he's he's very creative and it's you know he's always got something different to say some sort of different uh descriptor or adjective to add on to things so it's gonna be it's gonna be a large it's gonna be a huge gap to fill in in uh his shoes
0: yeah absolutely he does all of the nbc like big games He did the playoffs he does like the wednesday night rivalry games he's, he's all over the place he used to be in the nhl video games was replaced and it's, it's very noticeable <laughs> that it's yeah. not doc and it's not as high quality um yeah like you were saying he's got so many different words he's got like, about 150 different things he says for making a pass um it's just very personable and he's a very unique broadcaster and it's going to be it's going to be sad that he's not in the booth anymore but i mean it does he has been there for a long time so maybe there's somebody who's been you know waiting for this opportunity that can that can shine as well so i'm interested to see who fills that spot because i don't know i mean nbc who, who else do they even have um anyone i watch the canadian broadcast
1: almost all the time so i don't even know who uh who the main people they have are
0: yeah i hope joe beninati the uh, caps guy doesn't uh apply (laughs) for it oh yeah because he's he's been around for a long time he used to broadcast games that were on like oln back in the day if you remember those (laughs) nope (laughs) way back in the day um so he used to do i think some some national games but um yeah i mean i'm sure there might be a, a fan base that loses their their fave because he gets bumped up Very so yeah true. what a hell of a career for doc i think he's called what like 35 or 25 or something like that stanley cup finals oh
1: absolutely it's called the Probably. olympics just lots of stuff so a yeah, broadcaster like him gets hats, all of the hats off assignments. to uh
0: to doc and uh his weirdo laugh it's
1: legendary. still my favorite clip of all time yeah posted uh posted that on instagram a couple of months back uh stumbled mm-hmm. across it in my feed again so i posted that on instagram a couple of months back and uh it's always it's always good for just a just a shock is like wait what noise was that
0: absolute legend um so no more doc um maybe he'll come out for the odd game i don't know um but uh also bobby mac uh I think this was last season, but he was
1: saying that he's take, taking a step back. Big time, yeah. He's doing, I think he's doing World Juniors and draft stuff. But he's stepping back from regular coverage and, like, day-to-day and, like, trade stuff. Which, I mean, another another legendary career. He's, I was going to say, just another legendary career. And uh, he's one of the most trusted and reliable insiders and reporters in the game. So th- that's another... That's it. that'll be another um, huge huge miss.
0: Bob Cole, Bob McKenzie, Doc Emmerich. It's kind of the end of the era.
1: It'll be it'll be different. So I think that wraps things up for this time here on Clappercast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to our show on any podcast platform, and spread around the good word of Clappercast. To keep up to date with the latest content, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Clappercast Media or on Twitter at Clappercast. Let us know who your off-season winners and losers are in the comments there. We'll be back next week with more Hockey Talk.